I think we're going to pump the brakes right there. I just want to send that out to the world, to the universe, because I think that's one thing we need more. I think we need more love and hate less. This is your host, Lamont Patterson, and you listen to Can I Play at Play, and I'm riding along with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Matthew Anderson. Sit back and enjoy the show. Matthew, welcome. How are you doing today? Yes, sir. I'm doing good over here in South Florida, where we are waiting the end of the world. Boy, you keep telling As people where it. you are, man. You will not be able to hide, boy. You keep telling people where you are, man. <laughs> There's you know. no place to hide after Tuesday night, man. After Tuesday night, we may all be over. <laughs> I hope wow. not, but who knows? I don't know, man. I got a, I got a seat on the space shuttle, man, so I wish you guys yeah. the best. Okay. Well, I hope you have a nice time up there because it's cold. It's all right. I heard it's a, a bunch of fat women up there, so I'll be all right. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Stop acting silly, man. Listen, we got a great show lined up for our listeners today, so I'm sure somewhere, somehow, you'll find something that will um, help enhance your life. Um, it has helped ours and I'm sure will help you with yours. Yeah, we got uh Brendan Gogren. Ben, Brendan, are you with us? Yeah. How you guys doing? Oh good, man. I'm so glad to hear your voice. I was sitting here thinking, you know, I didn't send Brendan an email today, but he has an MBA from Bentley University, so he probably keeps all of his commitments. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. As a matter of fact, I was listening to your uh, pre-log here, and I thought to myself, well, if November 8th is going to be the end of the world, then I am not going to be paying my bills until afterwards. Okay, yeah, me either. Hell, I haven't paid my bills for a, for a month here. I'm, I'm in here really kind of catching up. <laughs> Matthew, he gets in his brown nose and early. <laughs> yeah, I do. He does. He does, doesn't he? He's very good at it, isn't he? Yes, so he is. So let me introduce Brendan in case in case there's at least one person out there that doesn't know who he is. I'm gonna introduce you, Brendan, and then uh, Lamont's got some like serious questions for you. So okay, fantastic. Okay. By the way, did I? How do you pronounce your last name properly? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's Gok Ren. Gok as in stare. You guys were very close. Gokren. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Brendan Gochran holds a degree in molecular biology from the University of Connecticut, and his MBA, as I stated before, is from Bentley University, where when you get an MBA, you also get a very nice car. Brendan has spent 15 years in the healthcare field and was an executive for a major nutraceutical manufacturer before starting multiple companies of his own, the latest being Liver Medic. He conducts health lectures to both physicians and the public. His research focuses primarily on gut health, sorry, gut health, liver health, endocrine system, adrenal fatigue, and optimum diets. You can find all kinds of information about Brendan and what he does and how he can help you at livermedic.com. That's L-I-V-E-R-M-E-D-I-C.com. Brendan, thanks. Welcome back. 
You are uh, you're a repeat visitor, which means that uh, two things. We like what you talked about, and you can go along with a good sense of humor. So those are the two qualifications <laughs> that we have. I passed. <laughs> can't be too uptight. We don't invite those people back. Even if they have good information, we don't necessarily invite them back. But you qualify in both categories. So we are very happy to have you back, and welcome. Well, and I am very honored. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're located down in South Florida. Yeah, I am. Okay, yeah, I'm down in Florida right now on a business trip doing lectures down here, so. You are? Where are you? Well, we know know Matthew's down there in witness protection. What you down there for? (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I cannot reveal that, nor can I reveal my exact location for the exact location. Okay. okay. Well, that you, means you, you guys South are probably Florida, together then. Are you in <laughs> South Florida? Uh, I was in South Florida a few days ago. Now I'm over in the Tampa area. I'm going to be back in South Florida uh, next week. Oh, cool. Tampa, nice. Nice over there. We yeah. Over here, we call that the West Coast. When I first moved to Florida, people would say, I'm going to the West Coast. I'll be back in the next, tomorrow. And I think, wait a minute, you're going all the way to California and back? But they call in Florida, they call the West Coast is like Naples, Tampa. It's so weird. But you know, yeah, Florida is its own universe, you know. We're going to prove that on Tuesday. We're going <laughs> to prove that we're from our own universe. I hope, you know, Brendan, are you a praying man? If you are, you should be praying for us. I I pray, I meditate all the time, and I was going to say that's probably the best thing that you can do on November 8th, no doubt about yep. it. That's what I'm doing. I'll have to stop praying for Lamont so I can pray for Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you could have five minutes to do that. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Brendan, giving guy. By the way, Brendan, do you watch, do you watch the series uh, Lethal Weapon? Have you been watching it? No, TV I, yeah, I don't get an opportunity to to catch much TV. Is, is it good? Oh, uh, too bad. Oh, it's really great. Lamont was in the fourth episode. No kidding. Yeah, he's going to get How'd an Emmy for his performance. Ah, it's impressive. Yes, yeah, he is wow. impressive. So don't go off planet so quickly. I don't know. You're such a wonderful guy. See, see, I told you he was a great brown noser. He know how to say all the right things at the right time. Is, that's what you get if you get an MBA. You get, you know how to do that really good. Well, I'm still waiting for say, my free car, but flattery will get Lamont, you everywhere. Yes, sir. Lamont, now listen. I know you got some serious questions for Brendan. So before I just get completely out of control here, I think you should ask right. him a couple of questions. All right. Well, I'm going to start from the backwards end and come forward then. Brendan, sir, um, this one I'm going to take the liberty and put everybody in the United States in this category. So my question is, once you're in an unhealthy state, what can we do? Because I feel like everybody pretty much in the United States is in somewhat of an unhealthy state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And they're in in denial. And they're in denial. Yeah. Let me put that one out <laughs> right. There too. Yeah. And they're in denial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I okay. So I, I'm thinking of like my top five things that I would recommend to people. Um, number one would probably be uh, drink water with lemon in it in the morning first thing. Um, 
tighten your window of which you end up eating. Uh, most people eat, you know, 12 hours a day. I would tighten that up to about eight. So, uh, you know, 10, uh, oh, perhaps, you know, do it in stages. Okay. Um, for most you mean, wait, I'm sorry, there, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait, I'm yep. sorry. I hate to interrupt you, but when, when you say tighten the window to eight hours, you mean eat within, eat your three meals within the span of eight hours? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right, so cool. and, and some of the, the the reasons, and I'll I'll go through this real quick. The reason for that is most individuals out there have uh, a gut issue. They have openings within their gut, uh, and if you continuously uh, put uh, food through there, I mean, it's just like any skin layer. Uh, the less irritation, the quicker uh, it'll end up healing. So that's sort of um, the reasoning behind that. Um, oh, cool. I would. Dump the sugars and carbs, uh, but especially the sugars, and absolutely get rid of uh, artificial sugars and start to focus on what I would refer to as a ketogenic diet. Uh, So that's a fat-burning diet. Uh, And in that, let's see, what were some of the other recommendations? Uh, To uh, only focus on healthy fats. So we're talking about olive oil, coconut oil, red palm oil, avocado oil. You know, butter, but the butter has to be uh, coming from a healthy animal. Those are the types of things that I would probably do right away. Um, what, would be, what would be the purpose? Yeah. What would be the purpose of lemon in the water? So lemon does a couple of different things. I mean, a uh, on a simplistic standpoint, yes, it it will turn uh, the water alkaline the way it gets digested, even though okay. it's, uh, it's right. a citric acid. But there are um, specific. Um, uh, phytochemicals within the lemon itself that once they get picked up by the system actually sends a signal to the liver to drop the bile that contains all those toxins uh, from the night before into out of the liver and into the gallbladder, flushes the gallbladder, goes into the small intestine and feeds the good bacteria. So you do a number how of much, things just by adding lemon. Wow. How much mm-hmm. lemon should I put in? Um, you don't really need to use a whole lot. So what I typically tell people is, you know, I go ahead, buy an organic lemon, uh, you know, splice it up into about eight different slices, stick it in the freezer, uh, and then I'll grate it uh, into my water. And the reason I do that is um, those phytonutrients are ten times more concentrated in the skin than in the lemon juice. So you certainly don't want to be throwing the, oh. the skin away. Uh, and it doesn't take you – don't, you don't need a whole lot of this stuff. There are some individuals that I work with who are so sensitive that they cannot ingest lemon water, okay? So what, uh, those, for those individuals, they can simply smell it. And just getting the fragrance um, sparks the olfactory, and it sends uh, pretty much the same signal to the liver, so it has the same effect. So, Well, that, that is a that. really interesting idea. That's the first time I've heard this one about um, cutting it up, putting it in the freezer, and then grating it. I actually like that idea because I love lemons. So yeah, and it's it got to be organic lemon, though, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it just because the herbicide, pesticide, um, you know, the amount of of stuffs in there. You certainly don't want to be spiking your body first thing in the morning with glyphosate and Roundup chemicals. So as long as it's organic, it, it's it's okay. What kind of lemon it is, I guess. What a does it need to be warm, wa- warm water, um, a room temperature water? Or does that make a difference? Yeah, common question. Not really. Uh, I don't think it makes much of a difference. Uh, and some people don't like lemons at all. You can go lime. That's fine. Oh, you can mix them up. Lemon lime would be like a morning you seven up without the up. 
<laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, question: How about stevia? When you talk about sweeteners, what what's your what do you think of it? Yeah. So my uh, another great question. So my take on stevia is: if you're going to be growing that in your backyard, that's a fantastic alternative to a lot of the sugars out there, and it's a, a very healthy alternative. The problem with the stevia that's on the shelf is that um, there are large swaths of land uh, that have been, and they are going through the exact same process uh, as other sugars with stevia and essentially adulterating it with uh, trace chemicals and cleaning it uh, to the point where it it acts a lot like, not like a high fructose corn syrup necessarily, but certainly like, you know, you're just your average sugar. So it loses a lot of the benefits that um, Stevia actually has. And if you're going to ask me which brands those are, you're going to have to do a little bit of homework. The best person uh, to do uh, a search on this would be Food Babe. She did a really good analysis. I think she took a look at something like 20 different brands. uh, And I would say there's a handful of brands that you ought to be looking for. And I can guarantee it's not the most common ones that are sitting on the shelf. Wow. So stevia is alkaline, right? Yeah, stevia is alkaline, depending upon how it gets processed. So in the plant, it's alkaline. The way it gets processed, um, the pH uh, oftentimes will change. Wow. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and you know what? The same thing with you know a lot of those oils out there. You know, people are picking up vegetable oils and. Um, you know, I suppose that they uh, figure that these oils are safe for them. A lot of them are uh, unsaturated or monounsaturated, uh, and they get shocked, heat shocked, and pressurized uh, for extended periods of time above, uh, in some cases, 400 degrees, and that completely changes the biochemistry of those things. That's one reason why they are absolutely no good. Uh, the other reason is, you know, a lot of them are GMO and has, have glyphosate sitting in them. So get rid of the vegetable oils. That's a big one. But but um, olive oil is okay? Olive oil, uh, yeah. So it, it seems like every question has like a subheading to it. So olive oil, very healthy oil. Here's the caveat to olive oil is that it is also one of the most adulterated products in the grocery store. So what do I mean by that? So, yeah, so the Whole Foods, of the, even Whole Foods have been caught. Whole Foods 365 um, has been caught spiking their olive oil with canola oil. So uh, it's a problem. You definitely don't want the mix. You want purity. And the only way to get purity uh, is to access one of these olive associations, and they have a certification program. California, there's an association. Greece, there's one. Uh, and Italy has one. And if you go to those association websites, they'll tell you which ones are on the list. If your olive oil is not on that list, you're probably getting canola oil in your olive oil, which you obviously want to avoid. Because <laughs> I read an article uh, about the mafia being involved with messing up olive oil out of Italy. That, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me in the least. They cut and they drug. Mafia is involved in everything, including our elections. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. That's all we need is one more, one more scandal. <laughs> yeah. Take taking taking a, a gallon of olive oil and turn it into ten. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, going on this conversation about you know, other things that um, you would do. 
one of the kind of the one of the things that doctors recommend quite often, I'm talking about conventional docs, uh, when you go in and you see them and, you know, they have the blood panel looks terrible and, you know, you have other issues and they immediately say, go on a diet. Well, if your issue is that you are uh, obese or diabetic as a result of toxicity, uh, your liver is doing all of this uh, heavy lifting where they, they are creating fat cells in order to store the toxin. So if the doctor tells you to go on the diet, and you, this is obviously a ketogenic diet, perhaps a calorie-starving diet, you are going to start breaking down that fat in your body, and you will elevate your toxicity within your body. And commonly, people come to me all the time, and they say, well, I went on this diet, I lost weight, but I feel lightheaded, um, I, sometimes I get headaches, uh, occasionally I have a little bit more joint pain, I don't feel that good. My energy is low where I think it should be up. That's all signs of toxicity. They don't all need to be there, but even if a few of them are there, you can pretty much guarantee that's what's taking place. So never go on a diet without either doing a a detox, like a liver detox regimen. Uh, You can do that food-based or you can do that supplement-based. So that's a really important one for those out there who are trying to try and kickstart that health program. Oh, and let me say right here for those that just joined us, uh, the call-in number is 646-929-2870. If you have a question or would like to join the conversation, please dial that number and press number one on your phone. Let us know that you're there. Now, I have another question I would admit to ask last time, and I forgot. So, um, Brenda, do you have any opinions or thoughts about uh, colon cleansing? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have necessarily a, a regimen for it, but I do believe in it. Um, there are a lot of uh, toxins that sort of end up uh, adhering to the walls down there. And you will have, uh, when you have a buildup of those toxins and you're not, you know, uh, excreting it properly, maybe your diet isn't, uh, you know, of the right balance, you don't get enough fiber, so it's not scraping those walls and cleaning that out, those toxins will reabsorb. Uh, and you clearly don't want that. Your body's already made a decision that it doesn't want it in the body, so you definitely want to get rid of it. Um, so, you know, while I recommend to people that they don't drink coffee because of, the, you know, there's multiple reasons, but there's a direct connection to adrenal fatigue, uh, certainly um, don't take it in your mouth. You can take it in the other end, and that is a great way to, uh, you know, a nice coffee enema. That will clean things out perfectly. Uh, and plenty of people That's have done the truth, that. That's the truth, yeah. I've done that before. I did it when I lived in California, man. That was like, oh my god. <laughs> well, you guys are gonna have to explain. You guys, you, you guys are really gonna have to break this down in super layman's terms. What is a coffee enema? Well, you know what an enema is, right? Uh, yeah. You put like a tube up your butt, and you got like a quart a half gallon of water hanging from a bag about three feet above your head and you lay down on the floor and you put that tube in you and you fill it up with some coffee and some hopefully some uh decent water maybe with a little lemon juice in it time out for you matthew let me let me hear from brenda time out for you <laughs> I think Brendan's going to tell me I did pretty good so far, right? 
Uh, yeah, that's a perfect description. I was just going to say, you know, I usually take it black. I would not recommend anything else in there. No cream, no sugar. <laughs> no stevia either, right? <laughs> no stevia, no. Not up, not up the tailpipe. And that literally, that is a great way of cleaning you out. I've no, you know, all joking aside. Wow. That's right. I'm telling you, you got to do it more than once, though, Lamont. And this cleans out your whole intestinal, your whole intestinal tract? No, No, it it takes care of just the lower, uh, the colon, um, where a, a lot of the sort of the caked on debris and toxins end up uh, adhering to the wall. So it's definitely a problem area. Mm-hmm. You should get yourself an appointment, you know, Monday morning, give them a call. See if they have an opening. No pun intended. You, you call up a place that's got colonics. They got this thing that they got the tubes and all the power stuff and they shoot that stuff out to you like crazy. I did it in, uh-huh. when I was in, wait a minute, where was I? I was in Hawaii when I did that. Oh, my God. I must have done a a coffee enema once a day for like seven days in a row. Wow. I was clean clean after that. Yeah, you was full of shit for real. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to say that on the the air, right? You're not not supposed to say that on the air. Okay, well, play like you didn't hear me. Um, you're, you're the guy with the button in the hand. I don't have the button. You have the button, and you're not buttoning your own self. Brendan, are we eating yes. differently today than in generations past, and why? Oh God, yeah, and, there, and there's so many reasons for this. So, I mean, I, I'll have this discussion about, uh, you know, what we should be eating and what we should be avoiding with my grandmother, and she'll just say, "Oh, you just go down to the store and pick up the food." Well, in her day, that was okay, but you know, nowadays, a, a majority of the food that we pick up, produce-wise, is uh, has GMO contamination to it. And you know, I mean, I could go down that road uh, in more detail if you'd like. But the other parts of this is that there's been a massive consolidation within the food industry, including cattle and pork and chicken. Uh, and those animals are getting, um, you know, there's more animals per square anchor, which means that they are, you know, for lack of a better term, very close to their own feces. Uh, and so they are pumping them full of antibiotics to make sure that they're not sick before they end up going to slaughter. Um, they're also giving them all kinds of steroids to max maximize uh, output. Um, they are in bed with, and when I say they, I'm talking about um, Big Agra, you know, the Monsanto seed companies and the chemical companies and the pharmaceutical companies are all sort of on each other's boards and invested in each other's companies and decisions made at the highest levels are made in such a way that it sort of forces more chemicals into the food supply and more chemical and more um, antibiotics into the uh, meat supply, and this is sort of this incestuous relationship. So what do we end up with? We end up with GMO produce, uh, more chemicals, less food in processed food, uh, more antibiotics, uh, doubling actually in the last 20 years, uh, and a lot more sugar in our diet, which we definitely do not want. And I mean, this is. 
if if you want to just take out sugar and just stop eating donuts, well, that's great. But take a look at condiments. Take a look at salad dressings. You know, take, I mean, and it's ubiquitous. It's in things that you would not necessarily think about. Um, so everybody needs to become an expert at looking at uh, their ingredient labels if they want to clean up their diet. It's really important. So, yeah, the entire food supply has changed dramatically and is continuing to do so. Mm. I find a lot of times, too, even with myself, you know, um, I eat because I'm hungry, but I don't really eat because the food tastes good. And I find that, you know, because I travel quite a bit across the country and seem like food in different areas, you know, tastes different. You know, I mean, an orange really tastes like an orange. It seems like a lot of produce we get out here. It looks really pretty, but it doesn't really have any taste or any flavor. Boy, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. So the the produce is essentially being engineered to look good for longer periods of time. The taste, of course, is not there. It's all genetically engineered. And what have we genetically engineered out? Probably nutrition and certainly health. <laughs> so it might look good. If you want to take a picture of it, that's good. But other applications, not so much. But you're absolutely right. Wow. So the only way we can kind of get around that is um, grow our own and make sure that we have good soil to start with. Yeah, that's certainly, and I know that that's not an option for everybody who's listening either. Um, I would recommend that you know, individuals go out, uh, jump on the web, and start looking for local food co-ops. And, you know, food co-ops are just like, you know, banking co-ops and uh, credit unions. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, you, you go in and um, you pay a little membership and you, you become a member. They give you discounted food. You can start buying things in bulk. You end up saving money. Um, you, your availability to organic, good, healthy food goes way up. Uh, it's a win-win for everybody, you know. And if you don't have one in your area, you know, contact a local co-op association and they will, they will set you up. They'll um, give you a business plan, and they'll tell you, you know, how you can do outreach. And, you know, you and your community can put together some money and uh, establish one. And, and that's a great uh, contribution to, you know, to your area. I think well, so. I, would guess that, uh, I would guess that pretty much any major metropolitan area is going to have some food co-ops already in existence would you agree with that or what do you think Brendan yeah no I and I've taken a look at you know the co-ops across the nation and I would agree with you yeah with where there's a lot of people there is typically a co-op and I'm going to tell you that most people drive right past it and end up going to you know the grocery store that's selling (laughs) full of uh, the stuff that we're trying to avoid so uh, they're you know they don't have marketing budgets Um, they don't send out flyers so you got to kind of look for them but uh, they are your healthiest choice by far Um, but certainly there are some areas of the country that don't have it out in the midwest they're a little bit more scarce out on the coasts um, yeah it's much easier to find for sure let me ask you this one uh, brendan Uh, i know we're just talking about how the food supplies have changed uh, over the years but uh, how do you feel about the water? Cause it seems like the water would be a, a, a base to all of that. And it seems like a lot of people are 
contracted with cancer and all this other stuff. Do you think a lot of that has something to do with the water that we drink? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, we all know Aaron Brockovich, right? Now, the movie that came out yeah. years ago. Right, okay. Yeah. So she's still very active. Um, she's got a Facebook page, and I follow her. And she is all about these hexane uh, products. These uh, They're essentially pollutants, mostly from the military, but uh, certainly um, petrochemical cleaning agents that are getting into the groundwater. And I want to say she posted something the other day that said that, uh, they were found in 80% of the water utilities tested uh, that's across the nation. Now, of course, it's a, it's a sample, but, you know, law of large numbers, uh, that's a problem. Then, of course, you know, you've got the lead that's, you know, and you have um, other contaminants. Um, you have communities that are throwing fluoride in the water, which is a known neurotoxin. I have never met a dentist who could ever provide me uh, the studies to back up why you should be taking it just because supposedly it's good for your teeth. Of course, it bypasses your teeth, goes into your stomach, and then gets absorbed by your body and is a neurotoxin well, for the pineal gland. I got a so question about that because I was sure. thinking about you last night when I was watching TV and I saw a, a commercial uh, about whitening. No, maybe it was online. Anyway, it was about whitening teeth, and it said that stuff you whiten your teeth with has got fluoride in it. And I thought, yep. wait, didn't you tell me that would scramble my brain and, and turn me into something weird? What did you say right. about fluoride? You know, right. So yeah, I mean, like every toxin that we put into our body, um, fluoride, sort of the extreme, I suppose. Uh, well, uh, it, there's a whole category of toxins that I would avoid. Endocrine disrupting chemicals, definitely. Fluoride, for certain. Um, we know that it bypasses the blood-brain barrier. We know that it has affinity for certain glands up there. That, of course, calcifies those things, reduces um, their hormone output, their overall uh, neuroactivity. So fluoride is definitely one of those things that we want to avoid. Now, the, the issue with fluoride is, you know, people will go ahead and put it in their water, and it's not like, you know, they, it's not like they pass out in their living room or anything or all of a sudden – you know, um, little Billy, who got a fluoride treatment uh, just the other day, ends up, you know, not not being able to breathe in the morning. It's a slow process. And, you know, like any toxin, you want to make sure you avoid these things because I can go through the whole list of toxins in personal health care products in our food supply in our environment. And if you're not sort of actively removing these things from your body, then they're going to build up over time. And that's one of the reasons why we have uh, a uh, this massive increase in, in diseases. And people wonder, wow, how come there's so much cancer? How, much there's, how come there's so much cardiovascular disease? How, how come, you know, there's such a, a spike in mental disorders? So, you know, these things don't uh, happen out of the blue. There's a reason for them. Well, now that you brought up mental disorders, um, I'm curious about, do you have thoughts about uh, autism and any kind of toxins that we ingest or take in any kind of way? Or is that something that yeah. you have done any research on? Well, yeah. I mean, I so I have uh, two children, so I've, I've certainly looked at, um, you know, this with sort of a, a critical eye, uh, and it's a very controversial uh, topic. 
And, you know, I know that there are a lot of individuals out there who, who would like to point the finger at um, vaccines uh, and uh, coloring artificial colors and artificial sugars uh, in the food supply and other toxins. And, of course, there are contributing genetic factors that are involved uh, as well. And I would say that for those individuals that, um, that believe that those are variables, I'm in that same camp. I believe that those are variables. That being said, uh, I'm not necessarily an anti-vaccine person. I think that in the right circumstance, those things should be used. However, take a look at the ingredients that are in those things um, right on Merck's website, right on their website, because uh, I looked right on their website. They said that one of the potential side effects is um, ADHD autism. Okay, so and of course, I am sure that that uh, sort of language covers them, and it's perhaps in the, sort of the extreme situation, and these are outliers. But if you have the right profile, it seems to me that they are indicating this is a potential outcome. So for parents out there, they need to be aware and just weigh the risks, you know, the pros and cons of these things. Uh, well, that's, I don't that's know sort of how... my take on it. So if a parent takes these things, that could be transmuted to uh, unborn children? Oh, that, that I'm not, I've never seen any proof of that. That may or may not be the case. I can't rule it out, but I not seen any study that showed that that's the case. Um, so that would mean that that would obviously have to negatively impact um, the sex-related uh, um, uh, genes. And I, I'm not so sure that that's, you know, the XY chromosome. I'm not so sure that that's taking place. But that doesn't okay. mean that the, the parent ha- doesn't have some predisposition to this stuff. And if they have a predisposition to this uh, and then their child ends up getting triggered by a vaccine because it has either a preservative in it or a heavy metal, that's not out of the, that's that's not a uh, an event that you can just um, cross off the list. <laughs> that clearly is happening. So you cannot sue Merck or you know any of the other vaccine uh, producers manufacturers. But if you are smart, you will know that the government set up a slush fund for these incidences, and it is a six billion dollar fund. And it has paid out to the tune of $1.4 billion. So someone uh, in this country is coming down with problems as a result of vaccines, proving it in court and getting money. So you cannot tell me that this stuff is pure health and there are no ramifications. There clearly are. Well, did you vaccinate your kids? No. No, so my nine-year-old... My nine-year-old did not get a vaccine, um, and his, you know, the, the sort of the um, multiple vaccines until he was five or six. And the reason is that's kind of where your blood-brain barrier is more or less fully formed at that point. So it's a little safer. And I was real careful about the additives that were in there. And I'll tell you, I wasn't like that in the beginning. So uh, in the beginning, we ended up giving him. Um, let's see, I can't remember which vaccine it was. Uh, we gave him one vaccine at two months, two months, maybe, maybe three or four months. Okay. Uh, he came back acting and behaving extremely erratically. 
So his eye, uh, his eyes were floating all around in his head. He could not make direct eye contact. His right uh, hand was shaking. Uh, and that behavior we had not seen in him. We never gave him another um, vaccine again until he was five or six. We never saw that behavior afterwards. So that kind of firsthand experience for me shook me up, uh, and that's what set me off and of uh, so that I did the research. Of course. Yeah. Well, us 50 children got it bad, boy, because those vaccines that they was giving us back then was something else with all those little needles and things, those little shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got everything. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, we see a lot of people from Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, they, they end up calling us quite a bit and uh, telling us uh, essentially symptoms of somebody who would have extreme toxicity. And you know they're getting all kinds of uh, vaccines they can't say no to this stuff. A lot, of this, a lot of times they don't even know what they're getting on top of the pollution and whatever else is, is out there, you know. So that's a problem. Yeah, Uncle Sam said you guys need these shots and you don't have the option to say no, I don't, because you don't know what's in them. You're absolutely correct about that. Yeah. It's a tough way. It's a tough way. You know, the things that we do to our soldiers, in addition to sending them off to foreign lands to fight wars, you know, but, yeah. Added to the well, what? Well, what are we going to do, fellas? I guess our, our job is to teach people here how to better take care of themselves to the best of our ability because, one, if we don't do that first, it don't really matter how we operate when we go to war because we already know that's going to be to the left because we wasn't right when we started. Well, I, so I, have, I have a question for Brendan about this that's related to this, and I, I know you've kind of given somewhat of an answer when you're talking about food co-ops, but it would seem to me that – the current circumstances uh, in this country um, with with food is such that if you really wanted to have a clean, healthy food source, uh, what you're eating, you have to spend a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And that's so unfortunate. So I think the direction that the country is going is that. If you are a wealthy individual, you get to live uh, a decent life uh, and one that's worth living. If you don't have the money, you are going to live a short life. It's going to be not um, very pleasant because you're going to be, uh, end up with uh, diseases and problems that others don't have. This is sort of the classic two-tier society. We are a capitalist system and this is the eventual output of a pure capitalist system. So it's and it's not humane and it's not spiritual. And you know we've forgotten our roots uh, and we've forgotten to care about uh, one another. Uh, and you know that's why you guys are on the radio and that's why I do my part. Um, and w- why we have to educate people so that they can be their own advocates and get out there and be um, you know active in their communities and call out Monsanto and get these GMOs out and, you know, remove the, the fluoride from uh, drinking water. And, but you're right. I mean, unless you're growing this stuff in your backyard, it's going to be pretty expensive. Food co-ops is an answer 
uh, growing the stuff uh, on your own is an answer. Um, but aside from that, we don't have too many good alternatives anymore. You know, this isn't, it's not like Europe. Europe doesn't have a lot of these problems. You know, what about so. personal water, personal water for pu- personal water purification in your home? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I mean, unless you're testing your water, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, and you certainly cannot trust the utility because, according to Aaron Brockovich, they're either doctoring the reports or simply ignoring the EPA rules. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody ought to have a good um, RO system, a reverse osmosis system in their house. Without a doubt, I think that's, I think that's pretty wise. So what do you recommend about that? If I, was, if I said to you, okay, I want to fix my water tomorrow, what, what do I go and get? So, yeah, great question. So, you know, for those individuals with some means, I mean, it's a great uh, thing to make sure that all of the water in your house is clean. And so for that, you would get a sort of a more advanced RO system, probably costs a good two or $3,000. Most people are not going to spend that kind of money. What I would recommend instead for those individuals, we're probably in the neighborhood of maybe 250 to 450 maybe $500 on the on the high end is a reverse osmosis system that 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 will fit right underneath your um, kitchen sink and those systems you can pick up over at a home depot Uh, and you know all you have to do is just change out the filter once every two or three months or whatever based on usage and you've got a nice clean you know uh, source of water that you can drink and cook with you might not be showering with it but at least it's not going down your throat so that's important Okay, so reverse osmosis is the way to go about that. Yeah, that picks up uh, a lot of the contaminants. Uh, I mean, I can't just go out and buy myself one of those Britas Brita things. Brita is Brita's not really. Well, <laughs> oh, Brita is not uh, not not floating any advertising your way because I'm probably not going to help the cause. Uh, Brita is not a very good filtering system at all. You know, I mean, you'd have to. I mean, if you had E. coli in there and you had a brand new Brita filter. Maybe it would catch some of that. Um, it does catch a couple of other, you know, um, things that typically are not in water, but it's not going to catch uh, pharmaceutical products. It's not going to catch uh, a lot of the heavy metals. Uh, it's not going to, you know, it certainly won't get rid of fluoride. Um, you know, and I think that that, when we take a look at the dangers of, of tap water, that's primarily what we're looking at. And, you know, as <laughs> I was just about to say, we haven't even talked about pharmaceutical products which are unfortunately ending up in, in drinking water now because so many people are on them, you know, so another issue. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said it's ending up in the drinking water because so many people are on them. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about statin drugs and uh, antidepressants and um, well, how does that get into water meds? So, your your body um, will process them uh, not completely. Uh, either they won't completely absorb, um, or uh, you know the the way the mechanisms of, of breakdown are within the body. Sometimes they will uh, get flushed out of uh, urine streams. Um, you know, and 
they won't be defecated. It'll, it'll, it'll be urine streams mainly. Uh, and there have been studies uh, where they take a look at um, bodies of water, either at waste uh, treatment plants uh, mm-hmm. or even lakes and streams, uh, and they will find trace amounts of uh, popular pharmaceutical drugs in the water. Uh, and clearly it's coming from, it's, it's passing through humans and, and going, you know, uh, into those areas. And of course, if, if we end up using that water, recycling it, uh, there's uh, a good chance that we're going to get um, some of that in our body. Now, is it something that ought to keep you up tonight? Uh, is it, not really. I mean, I don't think that all of a sudden, you know, you're going to you know, have it come down with a cardiac complication because somebody put Lipitor in, in their, uh, in the urine stream down the street, but it's a concern. It's just one more thing that we kind of have to be aware of, you know, now, I, I saw in, in the bio you sent us that you make presentations to um, physicians groups as well as the general public. And I was curious about yeah. what kind of things you talk to physicians about and what what is it that you might be telling them that they ha- have difficulty uh, accepting? Oh, um, that last part will be a very long conversation. Um, it's a, so the physicians that typically attend the lectures are individuals who are progressive. I'm not talking to conventional uh, docs. They're off um, going to Hawaii on their junkets and listening to pharmaceutical reps. The individuals that I'm talking to are integrative, functional, naturopaths. Um, sometimes we end up getting um, uh, chiropractors. Um, so those individuals, you know, obviously I don't have to describe uh, in great detail, a lot of the science behind things, but the connection between leaky gut, inflammation, fatty liver, uh, diabetes, uh, and sometimes obesity, and then back to adrenal fatigue, that whole like pathology, uh, you know, a, a, I would say a good portion of them don't completely understand it. Uh, and when I say don't completely understand it, clearly they understand the, the biochemical aspects of it once it's explained, but they were not necessarily aware of the scope of it and that it's happening to a lot of patients that are coming through the door. So that's something that um, when they get picked up on their radar, they go, oh, okay. The other thing that I would say probably 60% of the physicians are unaware of uh, and is a big part of the lecture is the MTHFR gene mutation. Uh, And if you haven't heard of this before, uh, years ago, we used to think that this affected about 3 to 5% of the population. Well, we had that wrong. The calculation was off. It affects 30 to 40% of the population, and 3 to 5% are 100% uh, impacted, cannot methylate. So what is this MTHFR thing? Uh, it is a gene that codes for uh, and allows your body to methylate properly, which impacts about 150 different compounds. And what do those compounds do? Or what are they uh, involved in? They're involved in uh, brain health, uh, cardiac health. They're involved in detoxifying the body and in DNA repair. Okay, so these things are not trivial matters. And people who are walking around with either overtoxification or endocrine problems or sometimes uh, depression uh, and uh, related 
to um, this is, isn't related to, but uh, separately, um, cholesterol issues and cardiac issues, those things could be um, coming back to this mutation in this MTHFR gene. And I'm saying if 30 to 40 percent of people are walking around with this thing and don't know it, and the doctors don't know it, won't test for it, it is not going to get picked up. And you're going to end up treating an individual for something they probably don't need to get treated for. Uh, and this thing is getting missed. So that piece, when I, when I spell this out to physicians, that uh, piques their interest. Interesting. Well, so you're saying this, it's mostly the progressive uh, medical people that are interested in having these kind of conversations. Yeah, I mean, the others are um, on board with uh, the AMA, you know, their recommendations and whatever comes out of uh, Harvard Medical School, you know. Uh, and, of course, those funnels typically lead back to pharmaceutical companies. So, you know, you kind of have to follow the money here. And if those guys are constantly saying, hey, we got all the answers, we have all the solutions, look at what we did, you know, the last 20 or 30 years. A lot of the doctors, they're not interested in hearing about what nature does, not interested in hearing about typical pathology, not interested in holistic things. They don't necessarily believe that one organ negatively impacts another one to the extent where it could fail. Those things, like, don't enter their minds typically. So, but the functional docs, the naturopaths, oh, yeah, yard, no problem there. Yeah, those other doctors, those other dinosaurs. Yeah, great point, and they are dying off. And a lot, so a lot of the physicians that I'm seeing are the younger. Uh, and you know what? To be fair, when I was going through um, pre-med, I didn't even know a naturopath existed. Now, when you go through pre-med, you know, those individuals know what the options are, uh, and they're taking them. So, you know, we're we're getting there. It's slow, uh, and it starts at, at that level when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20, and you're going through the paces. So it's happening, but it will take a long time. For, for most of us, we have to do our education on our own. We're, you know, I'm down here in Florida, and I, I just did a lecture with, with about 20 people, and they were clamoring to figure out, you know, but, well, where is my, like, where's a naturopath near me? Or where's an osteopath? Or where's a functional that I can go to? I, I honestly, they're not around here much, you know. Um, you know, look online and find uh, a few, but um, they're sort of, they're scattered and, and they're not, they're not always in certain locations. Um, out in the Midwest, the, the uh, they're they're not they're not existent at all. Um, again, they're they're mostly on the coast. There's a high yeah. percentage of them out in yeah. California and Arizona. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's true. Uh, there's yeah, there's quite a few of them. You know, up in certain quadrants of of the Northeast. Um, but you know, aside from that, it's it's mostly conventional docs. So it's unfortunate. And 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 why you think that is is because the general public has been hypnotized over years to to think that's the only the only way and stay away from unconventional practitioners because they're witch doctors. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, w- the stuff that I'm talking about, um, this is ancient knowledge. These are things that have been passed down um, from you know cultures that have existed for two, three thousand years. Well, with all the advances of science in the last hundred years, and you know, you expect me to really go back to two, three thousand years? I mean, this is the kind of the ethos that that takes place in people's minds, and they do right. see you know the advances in uh, antibiotics, and you know the mortality rates have uh, have decreased. And, you know, we cured polio and we, you know, we cure all these other things. And it wasn't the, it wasn't the shaman. It wasn't the Indians. It wasn't. Yeah, that's true. I'm not saying throw the baby out with with the bathwater here. There are some fantastic things that modern day science has been able to do, but it can't solve everything. And if you take a look at the U S we are a sick country. So clearly um, not integrating Western and Eastern medicine together, one as a proactive prophylactic and one as sort of an emergency approach. Like we're really good at emergency approaches here. We're terrible at, at, uh, at prevention. So combine yeah. the two. Doesn't right. that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know? Sure does. Seems, well, to. It, well, Seems to. Well, well, you hit on a key point there too. It, it makes a lot more sense than it does profit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Boy, that's Yeah, you're absolutely you you just dropped a dime of truth on everybody right there. So, if a pharmaceutical company can come out with a product and have no competition for 20 years and jack the price up to $400 per script uh, and bill it out to an insurance company, or if I come up with something that you can grow in your backyard, who do you think is going to end up getting on the front page of uh, you know, Doctor Monthly. It's definitely not going to be me. So, uh, pharmaceutical industry has a lot to lose. Uh, that is a, um, a trillion-dollar industry, uh, and mm-hmm. they're not going away. Uh, and they've been um, beating up on the supplement industry for a long period of time. Uh, so, you know, and if they're successful, they are going to eliminate a lot of good. Uh, natural alternative options for folks and we're going to be a sick nation as a result of that. I don't know. I think we need to run a petition. So, you know, if we have people stop making babies and uh, population decrease, then they won't have as many people to mess up. So then they'll start taking care of them better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just missed me by 11 months, (laughs) but I promise no more. (laughs) Hey, look, we can't continue to feed the population so they'll have more people to screw up, man. We can't keep Yeah, you get that. your coffee enema Monday morning. I'll get my vaccine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it will be a two-for deal. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think that Vermont's <laughs> going for either one of those things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Look, Lamont, you going to try the coffee enema? I, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I was no, I was wait, on wait. set the other day. This is funny, and I was trying to figure out um, why is a lot of makeup artists on set, hair and makeup artists, are gay. I was just trying to figure that out, and this one particular guy was playing in my hair for like ten minutes, and then at the end of it, he figured out it wasn't nothing to do to it. So I don't know what that had to do with anything, anyway. 
It's a thought for Mark, you're not taking your medication. I know Dr. <laughs> Brendan, you stopped it. But you need to go back on it because you're not making any sense now. <laughs> we we might want to check we might want to check the water he's drinking. That is definitely not yeah, a I, I think bet it's it is water, some weird fellas. water. California water is like weird, weird, weird. Yeah, I I think it's the water. I'm going to have to get me a better water filter, you know. Could be air. They're trying to legalize the water filters here. (laughs) They're trying to legalize the water filters here. Change that thing out. (laughs) Yes, sir. Well, well, Brendan, why don't you take this last couple minutes, man, and tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you, man, so they can fix themselves so they won't end up like Matthew and myself. (laughs) Sure thing. So uh, for all those listeners out there, they can go visit the website. Uh, it's livermedic.com. We've got over 100 different articles on multiple topics. We don't just talk about the liver. We talk about uh, lots of different health topics. And uh, I also do free consultations. So you know, they can give a call to the toll-free number, 800-387-2278. And um, I do that on a pretty regular basis. And uh, we solve some issues for folks, and, and that's that's where I get my thrills. So it's good stuff. Brendan, thank and you for good. coming back. It was great having you. Oh, it was yeah, a pleasure. Thanks, guys. To... I really enjoyed doing your program. You guys are fun. Oh, great. We enjoyed having you, too. And I just want to let all our listeners know to join the show lately. The show will be available immediately on uh, our website, which is worldmoving.com. Uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash player and if you got iTunes of course and it's available on all those podcasts so you can't say you didn't hear it you can't say you didn't miss something and maybe 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 contact us we got a question for you and uh, I forgot to ask Matthew what kind of prizes we're going to give out but uh, hmm Check our website, and you can pick up that information. And thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week, same time, 2.30 PST, and I think that's 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. You got that. got that right. I get things right every now and then, Matthew. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Brendan. Blessings to you guys. Blessings to you as well. (laughs) 